0: Welcome back into the Allen Post oh, I keep forgetting what it's called The Intern Allen Podcast This is episode 2 Um coming to you late Because I was doing things I mean, it's not really late Because we've only done one episode So there's no expectation For how many days are supposed to be In between it I was going to do it like weekly But, and the last one posted on Tuesday And I think it's Wednesday night right now uh, But whatever, Who cares It is Wednesday night, 7.54. Might post this tonight, might not. Um, I'm somewhere in New Jersey. Just got finished delivering food to people for about five hours. Made a little bit of money. Believe it or not, uh, Loon State Sports does not pay all the bills, so... While I'm traveling to just silly places for no reason. Um... Got to do a little bit of work on the side to make that to make that happen. Um, got a just a just a packed episode for you today. Um, second episode, back at it. If you uh, are coming to us via Twitter, it's the first episode that you've seen because Loon Megs um just never posted the first one. So shout out to Loon Megs for that. Um. Yeah, a packed episode for you. We got. Um, we'll just wrap up the week, well, the past week in sports. Not a lot happened, but a little bit of a rise stuff maybe, um, and then uh, British Open, uh, the Open Championship preview. Sorry, and then uh, I think a pretty good, pretty good post game for us today. Which that's that's going to be a thing, as I've mentioned. Um, all right, let's so dive. Let's dive right in um last week in sports not a lot happened home run derby vladdy won that's fine they kind of ruined it with uh, in my opinion with taking away the outs and doing it on time it's just kind of i don't know it's kind of weird it's kind of the same every year at this point people hit home runs um somebody wins they swing really fast and you don't need to see the ball land or see how far it is and there's not really a lot of drama usually just kind of like oh can this dude hit three home runs in 15 seconds oh he can okay cool and it has way more to do with the pitcher than it has to do with um the hitter seemingly so if the pitcher's like grooving him like well and consistently back to back to back to back throwing like 70 pitches um then it's good and if he's not then it's not um all-star game happened espies happened Alex Earl was there. Shout out. Um, LeBron got an award for winning or for um, passing the points record. He's a king. He's the greatest of all time. A little bit of discussion about that over at uh, Wooten Beast Bachelor weekend. Um, anyway, All-Star Game was just about as boring as it usually is. I People, people um, say that baseball has the best All-Star Game. And to be fair, they're all kind of bad, but people say that baseball is the best all-star game because it's like a real game. But the problem with that is all the best pitchers all pitching on the same mound all night it just means that no runs are ever scored. So it's it was three to two, I believe. Um, and like the past few years, many years now, it's been pretty much that where we just like there's just no run scored and it's just like nine innings of not a lot of runs um and everybody likes when the ball is hit more i there's maybe some psychos that are like i love pitching and i love just watching pitching in the all-star game but um everybody likes the ball being put in play and and a lot of in like homers and doubles and stuff like that so i think that's um i don't know it is what it is um to me the all-star game is often boring because also all like the sort of sped up things that happened for baseball this year where there's pitch clock all this other stuff like all-star game drags usually um and so i don't remember how long this one took this year but it's just nine innings of not a lot of base or not a lot of base runners and not a lot of scoring um it's just not my cup of tea all the time um also like no, i have no investment it's hard to watch baseball with no investment if you're not like in the stadium i'd say so um that being said in this will segue into like what i think my you know first topic of today is going to be is um louisa rise went two for two with an rbi um in what was a national league victory um which that's the first time that's happened in a while which makes really no sense there's no reason that one league should win every game uh every one of these and that seems to be what happened the american league just wins for years on end um but arise two for two in rbi um i neglected to talk to about him last week in the twins segment because i talked about them pretty at length already um without mentioning the fact that he left the team and is leading the league and hitting by far was over 400 for a long period of time um i remember when i was younger chipper jones whatever year that was i don't even know um chipper jones was batting over 400 into may and i was like this is crazy um like this will never happen and i was young and stupid enough to believe that he would hit 400 all year um I think a rise was hitting 400 later in the season than Chipper Jones ever was that year. Um, which is a bit crazy to think about how your perspective changes because at no point did I ever expect him to hit 400. Although I did see like a little Bob Costas like video on Twitter about how he's like chasing down Ted Williams or whatever. Um, batting 386 at the all-star break. Um, the problem with batting 386 is the All Star break is that once you, once you kind of lose 400, you don't get it. You don't get it back. It's very very hard to do, um, and almost always in batting races. And as Twins fans, we've been blessed to see a lot of these. Is the numbers go down as nobody gets? I mean, people get hot at times, but nobody that's been batting 360 all year is all of a sudden batting 380 in August. Like it's just, it just doesn't happen. There's too many at bats um the season is long and wears on you pretty heavily um so he's not going to hit 400 he would have to get insanely hot to go from 386 to 400 because the higher in the numbers you go the harder it is to get up you'd need like two hits a night you'd need to go two for four to improve because 333 ain't improving anymore if you're going one for three if you're going one for four um even two for five doesn't improve you a bunch when you're batting 386 um but anyway, obviously, he's having an incredible season. He's not going to bat 400. Uh, he'll win the batting title almost surely. But, um, it's just, um, like, it's obviously tough as a Twins fan to see Arias doing what he's doing. And we really liked him. Um,. It's tough to see him sort of flirting with 400, even having that number discussed at points for the Marlins, and then we can't seem to get a base hit, two or two base hits in a row. Um, once again, I'm driving, and there's an ambulance coming, so that's uh, we're just going to hang out here for a minute. Um, it's tough to see... Whoa, okay, that was the siren. Um... It's tough to see him hitting a bunch when we could really use somebody that hits a bunch in our lineup. Um, and I've seen a little bit of discussion online about how frustrating it is or whatever and how we wish we had him back and he's starting the All-Star game and we can't get a single offensive player in the All-Star game and, it's, you know, whatever. I just think in... And I talked last week about how sort of pessimistic I am about the Twins in general. I just think this is one spot where we don't have to do this. Um, like, we traded him for Jorge Lopez, which I looked it up, and now I know which name is which on the Lopez's. Um, or at least I think that was right. Um, who's been, Who did end up becoming an all-star. Um, and who, if you look at, like, He's one of the best... Uh, pro- he's one, one of the leading pitchers on our staff that's one of the best in the league. And... Um, he just had that, that 12 strikeout, shutout, and all that. Um, if you look at their war numbers, they're very similar. Um, I think... I saw it online, so I'm not going to like claim this stat or anything. But I think a rise is at like 2.6 war or F4, whatever that means. Um, and Lopez was at like 2.7. So, I mean, as frustrating it is to turn on the Twins every night, and again, I don't do this because I don't live in Minnesota right now, um, as frustrating as it is to turn on the Twins every night and see that they're not hitting, which the past few games they have been, but as frustrating as that is, you know, we can easily lose track of the fact that Jorge Lopez every fifth day is giving us a really good chance to win. Um even more so than Sonny Gray at this point because he's struggled the last couple starts um, and because yeah you might miss the game that Jorge Lopez started or you might um, kind of forget about him during the games he's not playing like a started going deep shutting down a lineup is <laughs> one of the easiest ways to get get your team in a really good spot to win um, and it saves a bullpen all that stuff and Lord knows we've sort of gone 10 rounds with Rocco on the bullpen management over the past few years, but it's just easy to get wrapped up in the, in the batting average number on a rise and be like, Oh, we wish we had him on the team. And then he's not the team. Um, and we kind of forget that, you know, we traded for a really, really good player on the other side of that. So the staff wouldn't be nearly as good as it is right now. If we still had a rise, um, And the other side of this is The guy who's essentially replaced him Is Edouard Julien Who's Again one of the guys I covered Um That 2021 year he was just tearing up Cedar Rapids And Hitting for a really high average Had a decent amount of homers that year I don't think he's going to be that type of guy In the big leagues as much Um played for Team Canada in the World Baseball Classic. Like, he's a legit guy um, who I think at least has a chance to be a rise, like, a similar type of guy to a rise. Um, a guy, a second baseman who hits a lot and doesn't play good defense, um, doesn't have a lot of pop. But he might honestly – he ought to have more than rise, and he might end up being a better player. Um when it's all kind of said and done, especially with Arise's knee issues that he's had over the years. Um, 45 West to Patterson. There we go. That'll do it. So I just think, like, any if, if there is any concern about, oh, we lost Arise, like, and I know, like, an emotional part of it is, is two, it's like, really stinks to lose a guy like that, that we all loved and was a fan favorite see him go to a well, um, oh that was a little bit sketch um, see him go to a fan favorite and then um, have the team struggle at what he does really well I'm wondering if podcasting while driving is not that safe you know like obviously can't be perfect but usually it's not a really big deal I guess the first time I did this, or the first two times I did this, um, there just wasn't a lot of traffic and it wasn't really a high density area where I was doing it. I'm now doing it in like the suburbs of northeastern New Jersey, which is just a little bit, a little bit worse probably. Um, That being said, I'm fine. Lane ends, merge left, huh? Okay, cool. I think the other, the rise thing isn't so bad. I think the other thing, that maybe is a little bit more concerning that people are talking about is Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand seem to be, like, sick. They seem to be awesome um, for the Reds. And before this year, we traded those guys. They were in our system. I watched them coming up, all this stuff. I think we traded Encarnacion Strand as part of the Barrios deal, maybe. Um, Spencer Steer was somebody who I... Which came up, I believe. Could be wrong about that. Um, But those guys just came up for the Reds. Spencer Steer had a walk off the other the other uh, the other week, and Christian Encarnacion strand like homered a three run homer in his first at bat for a Reds team that's really fun right now. um, Obviously, they got Ellie De La Cruz, who's been like probably rookie of the year. Um, has been one of the most exciting players of the baseball runs really fast, kind of like O'Neal Cruz vibes. But, um, also one of those guys that just throws the ball across the diamond at a million miles an hour for like, not for no reason, but it's like, okay, uh, he's going to throw it really fast now. Okay. He did it. Let's all get really excited. Um, but anyway, that red team is really fun. And it's probably because they have young players that they took from us and got rid of a, of Tyler Molly for us. Who's been injured. Um, he's supposed to be part of the starting line or the starting rotation, but he's been injured. Um, and right now, we're getting nothing out of him, and they're getting a decent amount of play out of um, two like pretty decent prospects that we sent over. I think Encarnacion Strand, long term, is the better prospect from what I remember, but Spencer Steers. Um, already been playing for them, and it it seems to be going pretty well for them. So if if there's one thing to regret about how the whole offseason went down, um, I mean, there's a lot to regret. But if we're we're getting, like, FOMO about our former players playing better on other teams, like, I think the FOMO really more comes in that trade where we're getting nothing out of an injured starter and not a – like, he wasn't supposed to be a great one at that while – those guys are playing pretty well. I think that's just a little bit worse of a feeling than... Oh, Arise is nearly batting four hundred but he doesn't hit for any power. Um, and the guy we got back from him is really good, too. So, if that was anybody's concern, which, don't know if it was, but that's just sort of my two cents on that. Um, before we jump into the British Open preview, i um, trying to think if there's anything else that happened in the sports this week. Oh, yeah. Um, That speech happened, shouted Alex Errol. Um, But that's not really important. Um, The, like, running back thing that's happened the past two two days or so, um, they're making Saquon play on the franchise tag, the Giants are. And everybody's freaking out. Like, all of a sudden, running backs are going crazy, saying that, like, oh, they never pay us. Um, Which, like, I don't—like, it's not new. I I just don't feel like this is, like, a new problem, and all of a sudden, it seems like the actual running backs in the NFL— realize this is a problem when it's been happening for years at this point. Um, I just don't really think there's a good solution for anything because the reason that running backs want to cash in and get so much money is because their careers are short and there's like a limited productivity window that like basically happens immediately after like it starts when they get drafted like a rookie running back is as good as like a fifth year really established running back rookie running max is pretty much as good maybe there's some cerebral stuff that doesn't come along right away but um talk about like Ezekiel Elliott's first year in the league like he was electric immediately I remember had him on fantasy again don't talk about fantasy or, or like I mean that's an impossible challenge for me anyway um I remember um Similar thing with Saquon, even when he came in the league, is, is um, he like lit it on fire right away? And you know, five years later, he's, seen, he's seen it better than he was immediately. Like, no. Um, and the whole thing is like, if your career is short and it happens pretty quickly right at the beginning, then like, why would a team pay you? I get that that's the reason that you want the money but why would a team pay you that money when they can just draft the next really good running back that's going to have a five-year career of, like, really insane relevance? And then, like, it's why, as frustrating as it is to lose Dalvin Cook, who's, like, one of the best backs in the league, it's why, like, you just can't be mad at that happening. Like, Quasi knows, like, what he's doing, and he pretty much knows that paying running back even one of the best in the league is just not a great way to spend your money on your football team and so as frustrating as it is to see a guy that's been really good for our team like walk away when the nfc is ripe for the winning like it's just kind of what happens and you can't be mad at it you much rather not spend like 50 million the way that cowboys did on zeke um when Zeke was never as good as he was as a rookie. And um, Tony Pollard was better. Now Tony Pollard's on the franchise take because it seems like they learned a lesson. Um, yeah, it just seems like a lot of um, you should pay us because you should feel bad from the running backs, which is never really what you want. Like, it's not an effective negotiating tool. Like, you should... Make them want to pay you. You can't just say you should pay us because of some kind of charity work. Um, which is why, like... I mean, it's just not going to work until they change... Somehow, fundamentally change the... Like, this little social media barrage that the... Like, Derrick Henry and... Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell and Saquon and all those people are like having right now and by the way I have no idea Frank Gore was in there I just named a running back I have no idea if he had like tweeted anything Um, it's just not gonna work because there's no like tangible reason for them for the teams the owners to pay running backs more when another guy can come along and do your job just as well or close to just as well. not Maybe not just as well. Like, obviously, there's a huge difference between Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook. There is a difference, and it's noticeable on the field. Um, Alexander Madison doesn't fumble. That's the difference. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but there is a difference on the field. Um, he's not as explosive. He's not as good of a back in general. But considering how much less we'd have to pay or how much less we'd pay Alexander Madison compared to what we'd have to pay Delvin Cook, it's just, like, kind of a no-brainer decision because the production isn't that different um, on the field. And the whole league's going more pass-centric anyway, as long as he can pick up pass blocks. Like, we won't miss him. Um, We won't miss Delvin Cook that much. But anyway, um, I think that's my two cents on the, the running back thing. I don't think anything else has happened in sports this week of any real note, DeAndre Hopkins signed he's washed it feels a lot like when Julio Jones signed for the Titans and then all of a sudden like wasn't good anymore um feels a lot like that to me um so much that like I don't even like I don't even care I'll forget about DeAndre Hopkins until he shows up on the red zone in a Titans uniform and it'll be like oh cool he caught a pass seems to me like a maybe a lot of touchdowns maybe very little yards type of guy at this point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I can't see that moving the needle on the Titans a whole lot. Um, alright, let's uh we'll transition into the British Open Preview now with them. We have a bit of a water break presented by uh, who should it be this time? Presented by 3 chi It's controversial. Not a drug guy. We're back. What a great ad read for me there. The Open Championship, if you're listening to this on a Thursday, it started already. It started early this morning. In fact, if you're listening to this at all, it's probably on because I doubt you're tuning in at 10 p.m. for this post then on Wednesday. Um, so that being said, any picks that I give, like, I guess you're not going to be able to play them, whatever, it's fine. Um, fourth major of the year, um, obviously always an interesting one because the courses look different and, um, the style of golf is completely different and, um, Oops, I have to do a three-point turn I'm just kind of driving at this point Because I made it home But I don't want to just sit in my car and podcast And I don't really want to go in my room Where, like, my neighbors could hear me podcasting Because that's, like, low-key embarrassing But, um Had a conversation over Loon Beast's Bachelor Weekend And I'll get more into that in the post-game, I feel like But, about how all that went But, um With Loon, uh, Sam Peters about whether the british open is the best uh major championship to watch and at the time we were like yeah it definitely is like it's interesting the courses are different it's a whole different type of golf um i think that's not true i don't i don't know what maybe i was like a little bit too tuned to care enough to get involved in that conversation but like the masters is definitely better um not to, like, blow up my British Open segment, but, like, if you think the British Open is better than the Masters, like, I don't really... I just I guess I just disagree, because... First of all, the Masters is the very first, like, meaningful... That's not true, because the players come first. But it's the first major of the year. It's, like, the first golf event that at least I am spending all four days watching of the year. Um, you wait for it all winter and it's like a sign of spring and like summer coming which makes a lot less difference when you live in miami to be fair but i think it's still the most important one i think like if you ask like tiger or phil or something what his favorite what their favorite um major wins were i doubt they're leading with open championships um i think the masters is the one that people care about the most um I think it's the most historic there's a whole lot all the pageantry around it is excellent Um, you ask somebody if they went to a Masters night or like a Masters day at Augusta they're probably going to care a little bit more about that than maybe they were like in Britain and caught a day at Carnoustie or something like no it's just I'm not going to say that nobody like obviously the British Open is very cool but the Masters is better it just is um the whole watching on the the free masters app while you're at work or at school or something like it's just it's just an electric experience all, all the way around um and i think the british open is like almost a distant second i would say it is second i think uh british open and the u.s open are very similar um in terms of like how much i get up for them um think about the the open championship is like obviously the links golf is cool and you get to see links golf twice a year pretty much in the united states um with the scottish open and then the british open right after it and the u.s opens like cool thing is the fact that it's supposed to be really hard now this year's u.s open was not hard and the atmosphere stunk apparently um i didn't watch because i was in italy people people forget um but yeah, I think the British Open is the second second most important or at least second most interesting major. PGA is obviously last. Um I think there's probably nobody that disagrees with that in the world. But um Yeah. Anyway. Now uh I'll get into some like some picks here. No, I, and I should preface this by saying I'm not a gambling guy at all. I think I've gambled a total of like 50 bucks on sports in my entire life, lost almost all of it, and then I quit. Um, I bet the loon lay once at a sports book in Monomen I think. No, it was Mystic Lake in uh, in um, outside of the cities. For those that know, for the locals, um, lost that loon lay and then I had like a Bovada account for like three days once and I got bored and bet all my money on like um the farmer's insurance open or something like that and or like a matchup for like Cameron Tringale to win against somebody at the farmer's insurance open and I lost and I got bored and just lost it all but um so yeah I don't bet obviously do uh hang out with the loom boys fair amount so um or chat with them a fair amount so um it's uh I know enough about how betting works and all that stuff to 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 um, keep up, but I wouldn't call myself like a picks guy by any means. Um, but in case this, uh, in case Loon State Sports gets bought up by Penn National for like a hundred million dollars, I want to make sure my job is secure. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna offer some picks here, do some gambling advice just so I don't get fired. Um, I think the most important thing is how does the course play um, versus who is going to excel in that type of situation. Everything I've seen about Royal Liverpool, Hoylake, whatever you call it, is the weather's not going to be that bad. The greens aren't that difficult. If you hit the ball straight and you land on the greens well, like, there are very, very low numbers out there. Um, and so for that reason, I think... The traditional, like... Crafty guys that sometimes excel at British Opens... I'm talking, like, the Shane Lowry's, the Darren Clark's, the Louie's, um Louis Ooste's, and, like, those type of guys... Um, I guess European dudes... Um, I just don't see them putting up numbies quite the way they'll need to to sort of fend off some of the more talented players um, more like overall talented players I guess you could say that are going to be playing in the tournament so I think that the winner is going to be a good ball striker but also like top quality big name Superstar, I think that um, is going to be what ends up happening here. I think Rory won it last time. It was played at Liverpool and Tiger won it the year before. So that would fall exactly into what I'm describing. Um, it seems like the course is going to play a little bit soft um, and that it might not be very difficult for some of these guys. So I think I'm... When I'm looking at picks and picking guys, I'm looking at guys that are really going to put up, who are capable of really putting up low numbers, like minus 15 type things, um, and turning it into a bit of a, a TPC Twin Cities type vibe where, you know, everybody's 20 under. Um, obviously, that's very disrespectful to Hoylake, Lake, but I think you get the idea. That being said, of the... Uh, Of the main sort of favorites, and I don't know the odds off the top of my head. I looked over them today, but, um, I don't have them memorized or anything. I think both Rory and, um, Scotty are the co-favorites from what I looked at today. Um, of the two of those, I think Scotty is absolutely the play, um... To win, to top ten, top five, whatever. I think he's top five in like every tournament he's played this year. It seems um, he just hasn't been putting very well. He's probably like he's pretty much clearly the best golfer in the world right now, but um, he hasn't won enough tournaments because he hasn't made enough putts. It seems from what I've read and what I've looked at is that the greens are kind of simple. It's just hard to land them on the land the ball on the greens. So I think if Scotty leaves himself with good putts, like, maybe his putting struggles are going to be a little bit minimized by the way the course plays in general. It's not got the contours of the crazy American courses. Um, the greens are just kind of a, a place where you get to and then make your, make your birdie or make your two putts for par and then you kind of move on. Um, and so I really like Scotty this weekend in general. Obviously, that's not a exactly a big brain take to be like oh i like scotty scheffler to win the tournament like oh okay okay dude you watch one tournament of golf and you like understand that he's way better than everybody else um i think the rory thing is a little bit like everybody's buying into it because he won here last he won last weekend um or he won the last time it was here and also won last weekend and oh he's got to win a major sometime i just think like the number is a little bit insane Uh, i think it's like 750 or something and he's not as good of a golfer as Scotty scheffler is right now i get that he drives the ball really straight and if he hits it really far on this course it could play very easily for him um i get that he's good with all that but i just think the narrative is like adding up such that people are betting him and i think the move would be to zig well everybody or to zag while everybody else zigs or whatever that saying is um so if everybody's going in on rory i don't think the number is what you actually would normally see it at you know see it being um so i and i think ricky's a little bit the same way people love ricky they want him to win so badly he is back or whatever he's you know he is back but um i just think that's inflating his odds just a little bit in a way that you might want to stay away um i do like brooks because i think I think Brooks is as good of a golfer as Scotty Scheffler when he wants to be. Um, you certainly saw that at the PGA this year. Certainly saw it. This, this guy running very quickly across the road. Um, certainly saw it in the first three rounds of the Masters this year. Um, and he is a little bit like lights out with the putter kind of sometimes. And I, and I do like that about him. And the odds – like the, you're getting Brooks at way better value. I don't remember the number, but – he was, like, something like the fifth or sixth favorite. And that's just way better value than where you are getting the top two guys at this point. And I think he's just as good of a golfer. You could nitpick and be like, oh, he lost focus at the U.S. Open. He didn't play very well after going crazy after the PGA win. But, like, realistically, I don't think that's a huge thing. Um, other than that, I think as you go down the list of odds... I think you want to pick out names that have historically been really, really good. Um, so I think JT, even though he's playing horrible, um, he's not where his game wants to be, obviously, and that's why the odds are pretty pretty long for him right now. I think he's somebody that has a 64 in him type thing because see, that's the caliber of golfer he is if he figures it out. Um, and obviously you're betting on him figuring it out, but if he figures it out, he's one of the guys that can go stupid low. Um, I think you could throw Jordan Spieth in there too. Maybe like an Adam Scott, some of those guys who have that kind of elite caliber. Um, Adam Scott's another guy where if the putting isn't so big of a deal, like, we like his chances. Um any guy I guess you can throw dustin Johnson in there any guy who's like that guy's been you know capable of being world number one at, at some point um I think you're gonna want more than like getting sneaky and cute with like a Patrick cantley like it's just I don't think that's the type of guy that's winning this tournament um, maybe for a top 10 top five but um, you know I like to feel sick and just like splatter a bunch of potential winners at the wall and maybe one sticks and then I can say I called it that's um as somebody who doesn't bet that's like all you can hope for because I'm not actually going to bet any of my money on these guys but um if one of these five or so like really good golfers wins the tournament then I'll like feel satisfied with myself and I'll think I'm sick but yeah I think that's um about what I'm expecting. It should be a good one. I feel like the majors this year have been kind of mid. Um, I guess the U.S. Open was kind of exciting. Um, But because Wyndham Clark nearly like choked it away or something. I didn't even watch. I don't know if that's true. Um, But I think the way the course is set up for some people to go really low, I think it should be fun. Um, unless you're one of the people that wants to, like, see them suffer out there, which if that's the case, then I don't think it's going to be for you this time around. Um, let me think, let me see if I have any more thoughts in the British Open. Employees only, I can't go there. I don't even know what, employees of what, but... Um... Yeah, I think we'll do another uh, water break presented by um, Fitbit, and then I'll get to the post game. Should be a good post game today. All right, shout out to Fitbit. Um, shout out Josh Rudy. Actually, no, I don't want to do. I don't want to shout him out at all. Actually, but um, big Fitbit wearer though. Um, post game. Had just a wild weekend with with the lads up in uh, up in North Dakota and Minnesota a little bit. It's um, a little bit of follow up from the post game last weekend. I played well. Okay, so behind the scenes, got in. Uh, flew from LaGuardia to Fargo on Wednesday. Chilled out Wednesday. Played golf with Loon Megs Thursday morning, and I played horrible. Everything that I feared happening when I talked about my golf game on the last episode, everything that I feared happening was happening. Um, I was coming across the ball in a really weird way. I was like opening my club face immediately on takeback and then coming through wide open, not hitting the ball on the club face even a little bit, and when I did. It would be a straight shank. Um, took a couple like mental health eights on holes because it, it was going to get way worse than that. Um, it was horrible, like as bad as I've played probably in three four years. But that was the day before the bachelor party, or like the big scramble from the bachelor party. So we're fine. Everything was okay. Kind of figured it out by the end of that. By the end of that Thursday round. Realized I was, like, turning my left wrist over immediately after on take back, which was, like, I don't know how that started happening. But it's probably another swing thought that just kind of got in the way and made things worse. Um, started kind of focusing on that a little bit better, and things went better, especially with the irons. Um, anyway, Friday morning comes around. Bachelor party. You know, doing a four-man scramble, three teams. Three teams. You know, over three um three sums, Um, my team in the middle, uh Loon Beast team in the or my team in the front, Loon Beast team in the middle as the Bachelor, and then uh Loon Schmidt and Loon Megs were on were in the last team. Among other Loon's as well who are not prominent on Loon State Sports. Um I was using Slim Loon's clubs which I used Loon Beast or Loon Megs as dad's clubs the day before. So I'm using new clubs, both rounds. Um, and just um, a little bit, like it wasn't, a, like the driver wasn't good, but everything else was fine. Um, the driver, like club itself isn't good. But anyway, hopped up, 9.45 in the morning. All the boys are watching. I'm hitting the first tee shot for my group because I'm not a good nerves guy. I'd just rather go first and get it done with. Also, the way I had been hitting the ball Was not expecting to play well So that's why I was going first most of the time too And I just striped one Um, It was awesome, it felt great And I celebrated in a way that was a little bit embarrassing I got a little bit too hyped Definitely did not act like I had been there before Um, Especially because You know, two shots later a guy hit it Loon Loon Fresh, Loon Swain Um Hit it way deeper than me But that's fine I still had a good drive All the pressure in the world Um Still pumped it pretty deep With a driver that I'd never swung before So Felt good about that Overall I think I felt good about my game in general I got Quite Tuned up By like hole 7 Um and my golf game was never the same. There were moments where I would hit a good shot and felt really good about it. Hit a great three iron on a long par three that I, I'd never hit a three iron before in my life. Um, what are we, cops pulling somebody over, I don't know what they did. Imagine a cop pulled me over while I'm recording the Intern Allen show, that would be crazy. Thankfully, that was not me. Um, golf game got a lot worse by the end of the by the end of the uh, round. Guy um, got in a pretty rough condition in terms of uh, my uh, soberness, um, but hit a couple of good shots here and there. And when it actually felt like we were in the tournament, which or in the scramble. Um, I played decent, but that like quickly went away because Lindby's team was stacked and whatever. Um, yeah, had a great week, great weekend with the lads. Great weekend with the lads. Forgot to speak. Um, that isn't even the main topic of the post game day. Um, the main topic is over the last month I would say um I have like seen more professional athletes than I have in 24 years of life before then which is a little bit crazy and I I feel like um it's at least a little bit interesting it's like why that's happening um Obviously, I grew up in North Dakota. There's not exactly a lot of professional athletes that are living there. I saw Chris Coast once, but it was at his daughter's volleyball game. So it's like, I don't know. It's also Chris Coast. Like, how many people in the world even know who Chris Coast is? But, um, but, um, and I'm talking like seeing professional athletes in a scenario where you wouldn't expect to see them. So you don't be like, oh, I went to a Timberwolves game, I saw Anthony Edwards. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, like, seeing them in in public, like, um, whether you interact or not, you're like, oh, see across the room, that's that one guy from this one team. Um, some of my friends met Carson Wentz when he was still playing at NDSU, but I wasn't there for that. And I don't think I'd ever even seen a professional athlete in a public in a scenario where you wouldn't expect to until I was in college at a Top Golf in... Minneapolis, I saw Josh Kogi, Timberwolves legend, um, playing golf with his buddies. Um, and he was like, not very good. Um, and we literally had a bay right next to him. I was sitting there talking to my friends, be like, I think I know who that is. Like that guy looks like Joshua Kogie. And I was like, but he's not that tall. And I didn't realize at the time Josh Kogi's it's like six, three, maybe, He's like my height, maybe six three on the roster, six one and a half in real life, um, and so I was like, "There's no way it's him because he's not tall enough." But he looks exactly like Joshua Kogi, the Harden stopper, um, and then I look it up, and, uh, and Joshua Kogi's only six three, and I'm like, "Oh, that's like definitely him." Then um, was too scared to talk to him. In hindsight. There was no reason to be scared. To be like, what's up, Josh? I, I actually don't know if I would say that at all. I have no idea what I would say. But really no reason to be scared of just being like, hey, what's, what's up? Um, my car is making like a whistling sound. That's like super concerning, actually. Um, so... Before this summer, that was like the only time I'd ever been around a professional athlete. Ever, I think. Other than if you count Chris Coast at his daughter's volleyball game, but I don't know if we count that. Um. And then this summer I was in Milan. I know it's sick, I was in Italy, we get it. We get it, dude. Um, I was in Milan and I think Milan Fashion Week was happening or something like that um and then like I was eating dinner with a few of the people that I was there with and a really tall guy walks outside the restaurant and one of my friends was like oh that guy's really really tall just how you like say you see tall people like whatever um and I was like yeah you're right that guy is really tall and I was like hold on that's Miles Turner and you know seeing somebody from like a decent ways away and being like that's definitely an NBA player it's a little bit of it's a tough move it's a tough move because it's like oh a white guy thinks a tall black guy is an NBA player like okay buddy we get it um but no, I was right. It was Miles Turner. So credit to me. We like looked up his Instagram. He's in Milan for Milan Fashion Week. We were right by the place where all the shops were. He's wearing the same fit in one of his, you know, one of his Instagram like stories or whatever. So I was like, that's definitely Miles Turner. Um, so that's been one. Then, like, I've seen two. I've been in after the bachelor party. I flew back to New Jersey. I've been in New Jersey for three days, and I've already, like, seen, sla- I mean, okay, we'll get to one, but basically seen two professional athletes um, in just, like, two days living in northeastern New Jersey. One was Nate Burleson, um, Vikings legend. People forget that he played for the Vikings. I don't think I actually ever knew that. I remember him playing for the Lions, but he played for the Vikings before I was, like, watching football because I was so young. Now he's on NFL Network. Um, I saw him in, in a grocery store. Um, or in a grocery store parking lot getting into his Escalade. Not far enough where, or not close enough to me where I could have, like, said what up or anything, but it was, like, definitely him. I looked three times. He, like, wears glasses and has, like, a bit of a distinctive face, so I, like, am pretty confident that it was him. And then getting into a blacked out Escalade, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, no idea why he'd be in New Jersey. Maybe he lives here. I don't know where NFL Network film or NFL Network um, like films or shows or whatever. But he also could be out here for a training camp or something. So saw him. And then yesterday, I'm doing Uber Eats, Instacart, delivering groceries, whatever, because you know, State Sports doesn't pay all the bills, and I. And get an Instacart order for Aziz Ojalari, which, like, I'm not, like, hand up, gonna be honest. When I read Aziz Ojolari, I didn't immediately think, oh, he's a linebacker for the Giants, which he is. I was like, Aziz Ojalari is a name I've heard before. Like, who is this guy? Maybe I'm going crazy. Maybe I think this is just Aziz Ansari and I'm, like, I'm mixing it up or something. No, um, I looked up Aziz Ojolari on Google. In the grocery store, it's linebacker for the Giants. So I'm sitting here, gassed up. Oh uh, well, I'm grabbing this dude's ramen and stuff. Big things of water, ramen. Probably shouldn't be doxing this guy's grocery order, but actually, who cares? Um, I'm getting. I'm a little bit gassed up, being like, oh, I'm about to talk to an NFL player. Like this is kind of this is kind of exciting. Um, and then I started like having doubts because you know I delivered to his like place, and. Let's just, like, say Buddy's being a little bit frugal with with his spending on his housing. Because it was not some big house. You know, I know he's only, like, a second-year player or something like that. But it was not some big house. It was a little condo. And I'm sure it's nice. It was in a decent-ish area. But I almost, like, thought it wasn't him. That there was maybe somehow Aziz Ojolari is a common name. Um, But then... You know, and and I was like preparing all these scenarios in my head for like maybe it's him, maybe it's not him, um, and I was like, okay, if it's him, then I'll be like, you play for the Giants, right? As if I like knew the whole time, and then be like, good luck this year, or like, you excited for training camp or something to make you know, I want to seem like I'm not like shocked to see him, like I'm not like blown away by how famous he is, because let's be honest, he's not that famous, but you know. I, but also like I know, you know, I want him to know that I know who he is, but like that I'm not like starstruck or whatever That was the vibe I was going for So I like prepared all of that Which shows you how not starstruck I was obviously um, Anyway Get to his place, start having doubts, maybe this isn't him um, It was him, but he didn't answer the door, so that was, that was a little tough I had this whole thing in my mind. Then, like, his girlfriend, or maybe his girlfriend, I don't know, um, answers the door. Wearing a Giants t-shirt, I'm like, okay, it's definitely him. But, like, I'm not going to see him, which probably makes sense. um, That he's not answering his own door for just random people delivering his groceries. Which, if he really wanted to go go that route where he, like, wants to be anonymous or whatever, just don't put your last name in the Instacart thing. If I was delivering to Aziz, there could be any number of Azizes out there. But there's only, uh, you know, you put your last name in there, which is not required, by the way. Usually, it's just like, deliver to Kate or something, you know? Deliver to Mary or whatever, like... And then it's some suburban mom. But, like, it said, deliver to Aziz Ojolari. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I wonder who this is. Um, Anyway, he didn't answer his door. His girl answered the door. I, like didn't want to leave without saying anything, so I was like, uh, this is probably, like, an annoying question, but is this the Aziz Oshari, and she was like, yeah, but she was, like, smiling, so it wasn't like I annoyed her or anything, but it was also, like, what am I gonna do with that information, uh, I don't know, have a good night, I guess, basically, so, um, I guess you can't really say that I saw him, but, so I guess I didn't really see a professional athlete in this instance, but, I bought his groceries So like What he's been eating Is something that I My hands touched And I bought from the store Also that store That I bought those groceries from Was selling Like Frozen Like in the meat section Like where you're supposed to eat them Was selling like Frozen whole guinea pigs Like you could buy a guinea pig And like cut it up And just eat it And like cook it or whatever Also like Like maybe whole rabbit like cow tongue cow face meat from the cow's face didn't know that was a thing like cow feet was like one of the more mild things they had there but and like i'm not like a get grossed out by meat guy like i eat a lot of meat pause but i was like when i realized like what i was looking at was a frozen whole dead guinea pig I was like that's disgusting um anyway that's sort of neither here nor there Aziz Ojolar is eating the ramen that I bought him so respect um to me for that um that's all to say like in two um in like the span of one month I've seen or interacted with in some way three professional athletes which that had I think it had been one till that point outside of like a sports setting and it it was like two in two days just in immediately um in northeastern new jersey which i think is a little bit crazy because i've spent a decent amount of time around the cities um and out at night in minneapolis and there's only so many places in minneapolis to go at night i know one of my friends um said that he saw cat and ricky rubio once at like red cow um and that just never happened for me other than you know, seeing a Josh Okogie at Top Golf. Um. But even like i l I've lived nine months in Miami or I spent like nine months in Miami at this point and never saw that. I mean Messi's like shopping at Publix just like out in the open. And I've never seen anybody in Miami. Um didn't even see I haven't even seen the Cavender twins. They go to my school like they went to my school. Um I did see Alex Earl though. At a bar. Well, kind of a bar. It's like a taco place with a bar in the back, which is very Miami. Um, she's at the ESPYs. Sorry, I was a little speechless thing about Alex Arro. Um Braxton Barris is a lucky man, I'll say that. Um, bonk. Um, anyway. I feel like it's weird that I haven't seen more... Like... Even famous people in general in Miami, I've seen like none. Um, I probably just don't go out enough. That's actually what this is. I just don't go out enough. Or I'd go to bed too early or something. Anyway, I think that's the, uh, I think that's the post game. I'm trying to think if I had anything else. No, I think it's about it. It's about an hour podcast, I think. Something like that. Um,. Shoot me an Apple emoji if you listen to the whole thing. When this becomes super popular and famous, we're not going to have to do that anymore. But until then, Apple emoji. All right. See you next week, probably, hopefully. This has been the internal Show. Peace.